Welcome to The Greatest Show on Grass, a podcast that covers the Los Angeles Rams in light of the team's history. If I were putting together an all-time team of greatest Rams, Eddie Metter would undoubtedly be one of my safeties. Born in Dallas, Texas on August 10th, 1937, Metter was a seventh-round pick out of Arkansas Tech, who played for the Rams from 1959 to 1970. He went to six Pro Bowls, is a member of the NFL's 1960s All-Decade team, and still holds several Rams records, including most career interceptions, with 46. The late great sports writer Jim Murray devoted an entire column to Metter in 1963 after a game in which the Rams played the Bears, and I thought I'd read you a bit of it for those of you listening who never got a chance to watch Metter play. Quote, Nature, in short, puts a cosmetic on its most dangerous specimens. I'll wager that Jack the Ripper, who's been portrayed in movies by guys who run to bear size and have fangs for teeth and hair growing out of their foreheads, was actually a mild-mannered, bespectacled little worm who kept books in a dry goods house by day and strangled by night. He was never caught, and I think I know why. They were looking for Lon Chaney, not Wally Cox, who, by the way, played Mr. Peepers on television. Granting all of this, the Bears don't expect to get manhandled by a young man who looks like the lead tenor in a boys' choir. Eddie Metter, even after five years in the National Football League, passing out elbows, forearms, nosebleeds, and toothaches, still looks out of place in a football suit instead of a surplus and cassock, candle, and songbook. I'm honored to share this interview with the baby-faced assassin, Eddie Metter. So what, what was it like? You, you were a seventh-round pick out of Arkansas Tech. What was it like to come from Arkansas Tech, uh, which was in Russellville, uh, Arkansas to, to Los Angeles in 1959. Was that a, was that a interesting transition for you? Well, it was, it sure was. It was, uh, I was, had never been around or had lived in or whatever, anything near the size of the Los Angeles area. And, uh, it was, uh, it was quite a culture shock for me. And, um, after the first, First year, well, then uh, my wife and I uh, bought a uh, bought a nice little house over in Downey, and uh, and lived there until until uh, I left in 1970. Did you like life in LA? I did. I enjoyed it very much, and uh, it was uh, the only thing I didn't like about it was. Of course, the traffic. That, uh, of course, yeah. Uh, that was uh, constant, and uh, we, like I say, we lived in Downey, and uh, and a lot of times our, our practice field was in uh, Burbank, and uh, so it was quite a little jump from from Downey to Burbank every day, and it seemed like that it, it was always 
during the rush hour. And so consequently, you know, it'd take uh, an hour and a half, two hours to go either way. And that's the only thing I didn't like about it. It was just, uh, but there, you know, there was, uh, I think LA is, uh, the LA area was a great place to, to live. And a lot of things to do and, and things of that nature. What were the uh, Los Angeles uh, Rams fans like? There, for for there's this perception um, right now here in Los Angeles, and I think around the NFL that the last time the Rams were here in Los Angeles, that the fans didn't support the team. Was that your experience of Los Angeles Rams fans in the 1960s? No, it really wasn't. Uh, of course, uh, we really didn't have a winning season uh, from 1959 through uh, uh, the George Allen era, uh, the latter part of, of my career. Uh, but I thought that uh, you know, no more uh, games that we won and whatever uh, that the fans were. Certainly, uh, good fans. And they uh, they stuck with us, and then of course when George came, uh, uh, we began to have some winning seasons and uh, and begin to fill up the uh, Coliseum again. So it was uh, it was uh, a great uh, a great uh, career for me. I just really enjoyed every minute of it, and. Uh, you know, at Arkansas Tech, uh, we had uh, oh maybe two thousand students in college, and uh, and in Russellville, it was a population of about seventy five hundred at that time. And if we had a ball game, uh, uh, you know, we, we were lucky to get uh, very few uh, uh, fans from. And around and and it just was uh, uh, I think in uh, when I really consider it uh, I think that uh, we could put uh, I could play we could play a ten game uh, season at Arkansas Tech and uh, and uh, there was more people uh, in my first game with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, than there was in a whole season yeah. of uh, fans coming into Texas to, to watch us play. But uh, yeah, the first the first game I ever saw was an annual Times charity game that I was involved in, and uh, and uh, it was just uh, I think there was right at a hundred thousand people in the Coliseum, and that was actually more people than I'd played before in three years of four years of college, three years of high school, and everything else put together. So yeah, it was it was quite a quite a transition for me. You um you alluded to George Allen. You played for three coaches, three uh professional coaches before George Allen. Um what right. what made him more successful uh than his predecessors? When George came in, I think that uh the thing that 
impressed me about him most of all was uh, uh, he was 120% football. That's all he thought about, actually. Uh, you could uh, you could uh, go into practice in the mornings and uh, walk onto the football field and and uh, say good morning, coach. And he uh, he would turn and look at you and say, "Boy, you've got to watch that uh, Raymond Berry. Now he is a fine football player and a fine flanker. Yeah. So you got to watch him." <laughs> and he didn't. He wouldn't say good morning. He would just tell, you know, he would say something like that uh, every time. You had a you, you had a very special uh, personal relationship with um, George Allen. After the 68 season, uh, George Allen was actually fired. And in this kind of unprecedented and inspiring um, display, uh, several of the Rams veterans um, protested (laughs) uh, this firing and uh, even picketed the Rams office on uh, Pico Boulevard, where actually I'm I'm actually speaking to you not so far from that office on Pico Boulevard. And you were you were you were very much um, a leader in that movement. What do you remember about about that about that time and about how the team rallied around their coach? Because we had such a great season that year, uh, it wasn't hard for us to get organized and and uh, actually uh, uh, a lot of us was was thinking about um, trying to get traded or whatever because it, it it just wasn't it just didn't seem right to us to have a winning season like we had and um, and then fire the fire the head coach. <laughs> It just, it just, uh, in in our opinion, it just wasn't right. And so there was, I guess, uh, eight or ten of us that uh, rebelled. And and I talked with uh, the owner of the Rams at that time, Dan Reeves, and told him what I thought, uh, you know, uh, basically what I'm telling you. Um, uh, about the situation, and uh, so uh, I guess you would say that uh, because of uh, that uh, particular situation, that we he did rehire him, and uh, and uh, and then we began to have some winning football games again. Uh, However, we never did make it to the Super Bowl, but we sure had some good teams at that time. So one thing that I find really um, interesting and and, and um, inspiring about the 1960s Rams team is the incredibly diverse um, blend of personalities on the team and the diversity even of backgrounds on the team. And and you have some powerful personalities there. You've got um, Dick Bass and Deacon Jones, and later you have Rosie Greer. Um, 
but you guys are you you guys seemingly um uh get along um was that the case or were that were there um difficulties um behind the scenes that um someone like me wouldn't know about well uh, i just don't think there was any difficulties at all I just don't think that uh, if there was any uh, disruption or whatever of uh, uh, the black ball players and and the rest of us, I certainly didn't know anything about it, and uh, because we just uh, this thing George Allen uh, does is, or did was uh, you know have everybody. Uh, equal and, and whatever and uh, and that's just uh, you know after the ball games every every week we would go to the Switzerland and, and enjoy ourselves and, and and I'm talking about the entire football team where where were you where'd you say you went to with the team uh, the Switzerland right there by the Coliseum okay I, I don't know if it's still there or not I don't know what was it? A bar? A bar? It has a big restaurant and uh, outside uh, bar, uh, outside gathering place, and just uh, uh, it was a lot of fun with you know everybody there. So that that really leads to my next question. This this team, um, the Rams team of the nineteen sixties really um, managed to insinuate itself in Hollywood. Um, and Hollywood also insinuated itself in the Rams. You, you know, you'd have, um, you know, Dean Martin and Bob Hope or Anne Margaret sitting in the stands. And, uh, you know, Roman Gabriel, of course, did that uh, film with John Wayne and Rock Hudson and, um, even your your buddy Les Richter was on the Donna Reed show. You're um, you're one of the few Rams that doesn't have a single. I, I don't I don't know if there's a greater Ram not to have a single mo- movie credit than you. Um, did <laughs> how come you never uh, were in film or TV? Uh, beats me. Uh, I don't know uh, why. I guess. Maybe it was because my uh, southern brogue uh, <laughs> talking might have had something to do with it or whatever. But uh, I just wasn't interested in, in that much. Uh, uh, of course, Bob Hope at one time, when I first went to the Rams, was a part owner of the Rams. That's right. And, uh, but... Uh, uh, I just never did really get into that. Uh, uh, we had a, a, a fellow by the name of Charlie Brett. I don't know if you, yep. uh, he was defensive, defensive back. And of course he got involved with, uh, Donna Reed and all that, that group of people. And, I believe uh, he, was, he, uh, did a cameo in Ozzy and Harriet, Harriet. Um, that was, yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> So, but anyway, uh, 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 so I never did really get. I was involved mostly in in uh, in real estate. 
I'm wondering if you think uh, your teammates um, at times were too too involved in Hollywood. There was this, um, you know, uh, actually, um, Roman once said that he said we were regarded as playboys from Hollywood who who didn't have enough guts for professional football. And there was the sense there was the sense that always uh, people used to refer to the Hollywood Rams, this kind of shorthand uh, for a team that had, um, you know, misguided priorities, Um, the fearsome, fearsome foursome or our recording artists and, you know, um, the McKeever brothers are on Three Stooges and um, um, Roman Gabriel and, and Merlin are in the undefeated. What what um, do you think that Hollywood was a distraction for the team? I it could possibly be. Uh, uh, I don't know about that, but uh, uh, I just uh, I, well, I just don't know. Uh, I don't think it was because, uh, especially uh, in the George Allen era, uh, he uh, he he was he was a fellow who, uh, if you if you weren't uh, paying attention to what you're doing in football, uh, and you have things that are distracting you in football, you probably wouldn't be with the Rams very long. And um, I don't, I don't, I really, I don't think that uh, uh, Gabriel or or Olson or any of those guys was distracted. Uh, I think that most of their um, dealings with the, the movie industry was certainly in the off season, and uh, and I don't think. Well, for one thing, <laughs> we. With George Allen, we wouldn't have any time to do anything else but uh, but play football and and uh, go to meetings and stuff like that. And I know that in the earlier years, in the early '60s and so forth, uh, uh, we may have been distracted a lot then. But uh, I think maybe at the uh, the coaching staffs that we had. Uh, during those years, uh, didn't uh, make it imperative that we that football was, was the only thing that you're there for. Back then, you know, uh, we're looking at you. Uh, uh, you had to do, you had to have an off season job in order to get by. Yes, uh, we talked a lot about off the field. Let's talk about on the field. Um, specifically those last three years of the sixties where, you know, Lamar Lundy is at right end and Maxi Bonds at right linebacker and Irv Cross is on right corner and you're the right safety. And, and you probably have that, that right side of the defense is probably, probably the best in the game and the Rams defense in general, you've got a defensive oriented coach, and um, really, these three seasons, 1967, 1968, 1969, um, a lot of them end in, in cold weather. Um, 
whether it's in uh, the Wisconsin chill or um, um, in Chicago, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yep. Uh, the game that uh, Carl Eller tackled uh, Roman at the one and a half line, but um, sort of slid into the end zone and they awarded him a safety. Um, what um, what do you make of that? What did it really feel? Was that something the press made up? Was it harder for you guys to play in cold weather because you were based in Los Angeles or were you just professional about it? And did it, did, was that some excuse that, um, that the newspapers made up, uh, in order to, you know, rationalize, uh, the fate of this team in the, in, during this period? Well, I, I tell you, uh, it, uh, it was kind of disheartening to play in that kind of weather. Uh, let's see. Uh, one of the one of the ball games that uh, I think it was in uh, the Minnesota game when we were in the playoffs or whatever and and I can remember when that particular game um, it was I think it was maybe five degrees above zero when this game started. And then by the time the game ended, it was something like 10 to 12 degrees below zero. And yes, and I think that uh, that had an, an effect on us being from Southern California, where the weather's always great. And, uh, and in fact, uh, we played, uh, I guess it was Green Bay or somebody anyway, uh, <laughs> In the latter, in the latter part of December, and it was something like a hundred degrees out in Southern California. Wow! <laughs> and and uh, they, I think that they had a harder time than we had with the cold weather, because you really don't have to be. Uh, in that good a condition in, in order to play in cold weather as you would have in 100-degree weather. And uh, by the by the third quarter, those boys were, they were, <laughs> they had had the course. And, uh, and of course, we won the ball game. And, uh, but to get back to, uh, like, Minnesota or Green Bay, um, it was like that particular game I was talking about where it got so cold. It was like uh, playing on concrete. You had, uh, in fact, we had to put her to play in the tennis shoes because uh, the cleats would, you know, you couldn't stand up hardly in them. And, and of course, we didn't have the heater blowers like they've got nowadays and Whatever, but uh, uh, it just—it's it, just a miserable situation to play in that kind of weather. And, and of course, nowadays they've got uh, the dome stadiums and all that. That uh, uh, it's not that much of a problem in the cold weather. But uh, so that's interesting. So it's not just—it's not just that the cold um, bothered you, but it's also that. 
it negated one of your strengths, which was conditioning. Oh, yeah. So it was a double whammy. Yeah, it sure was. And uh, it just it just wasn't any fun. <laughs> and I'm wondering, I never, I've never, there was this game in 1969 against the Eagles um, that you might remember it was during the, the big winning streak. Um, uh, when on a certain, uh, I, I, I think it was a, a, a kick or a punt, um, you decided to uh, make a run for a first down. Do you remember this play? Yeah, it was a field goal. It was a field goal. Yeah, we were, we were in a bind and we needed to. <laughs> and oh boy, yeah. It, uh, Bruce Gossett was our kicker and I, I was a holder. And uh, uh, in fact, uh, I didn't tell Bruce, I didn't tell anybody. Because I I noticed that on the right side of our our offensive line that uh, we had a vacancy of a defensive player over there, and so consequently, the Kenny Iman snapped the ball to me, and uh, I set it down, picked it back up, and uh, and ran around the right side of the. Uh, of our our offense, and uh, fortunately uh, made it to whatever uh, I did. But anyway, uh, and of course Bruce, <laughs> Bruce kicked it at the ball, but of course missed it because I already had it up in my arms, and uh, um, so <laughs> when I get off, we get off the field and. Uh, uh, George Allen says, "What did you do?" And I said, "Well, <laughs> and I said, well, <clears throat> to be real honest with you, I thought I could make a touchdown, and uh, um, and we needed the score because we were behind. I don't know how many points it was at that particular time, but anyway." Uh, uh, he says, well, it's a good thing you did make the first, at least the first down. <laughs> and I says, oh, boy, <laughs> I'm sure glad I did, too. And anyway, uh, that was a surprise to everybody. Nobody knew that, that uh, what I was going to do. I wanted to know, you, had, you have the most interceptions uh, in Rams history, and there are a lot of great defensive backs. Um, that particular Sunday afternoon, I guess I was Don Meredith's Don Meredith, uh, his favorite receiver. <laughs> uh, so he uh, he threw me a couple of three uh, pretty nice passes and and uh, helped us to to win that ball game. That's for sure. But other than that, I I really can't. Uh, uh, Put my finger on any any particular one that uh, that was uh, outstanding. Just, uh, the old, those big old boys that played in front of me uh, put so much pressure on the quarterback. In many cases, that uh, they were glad he was the, the quarterbacks were glad to get rid of the ball and 
and uh, consequently that certainly helped my situation and, and the other defensive backs also. Well, um, I wanted to thank you for, for joining us here on The Greatest Show on Grass. You, um, you know, to be able to have someone on that helped really, I mean, the name of the show is The Greatest Show. You, you helped establish this team um, as a winner in Los Angeles. Um, you played during some of the glory days of the franchise. Um, didn't win a, a, a championship while you were here, but but you really are a true champion nonetheless. And and uh, and I really appreciate um, you uh, taking this walk down memory lane with me. Well, I appreciate you asking me. And I appreciate you listening to this episode of The Greatest Show on Grass. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and then review it on iTunes and recommend it to the Rams fans in your lives, whether they've been rooting for the team for 30 years or one year. 